Church, we're so glad you're joining us. Merry Christmas. It's almost Christmas. It's such an awesome time. And, you know, uh, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. And you know what's so amazing is, yes, this Wednesday we have our Christmas Ohana night. And you're going to see uh, Papa and Raymond as well as there are going to be a lot of things for families, a lot of things for us to just really celebrate Christmas together uh, with our families and as one big family part of God's family. And so we invite you to join that. And uh, I know yesterday we had our seniors Christmas party. Any seniors went to that? Anybody here that went to that? Yeah? I heard it was a lot of fun. Heard there was awesome food, primary buffet. A little jealous, but just saying. But, uh, but you know what's so amazing is that this, this Christmas, we wanted to make memories. And I know uh, for a fact that la- yesterday, there's a lot of memories made at our seniors' Christmas party. This Wednesday, we're looking forward to even more memories being made with families. And that's what's so amazing is that when we make memories for Jesus, it lasts forever. And as we give unto him, we're just reminded of the greatest gift that he gave to us. Now, you might be visiting us for the very first time, and if that's you, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give this morning. In fact, receive this message to help you in your walk with the Lord. Or maybe you're visiting us from another church, and we want to encourage you to give wherever you attend church regularly. But if you call New Hope Church your home church, we, we want you to know that as we continue to give unto the Lord, he's going to continue to make memories that last for all of eternity. Would you bow your heads with us as we pray for our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come before you, Lord, and and Lord, we just thank you so much for all the things that you're doing, not just in this season, but throughout our lives. And Lord, the memories that you're making, Lord, we're so grateful because they last forever. And it's just a reminder of how much your love is for us, that your love for us lasts forever. And so, Lord, this morning as we give you our tithes and our offerings, we do so, Lord, knowing that you're going to take it so that you can reach people far from you, so that they can experience all that you have for them. And what a joy it is, Lord, that we get to partner with you in reaching those far from you. And so, Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you not just for this season, but for every season, for every single day, Lord, you are with us. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray for all of this in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. Well, this morning, Pastor Sheldon is actually continuing in his series, It's Christmas. And for many of us, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. But for some of us, it can also be very emotional. That's why we need Jesus. Christmas does bring up a lot of emotions, but every day brings up a lot of emotions. I want to ask you a question today. When you look at that, what emoji are you? Now, I have all of them here, and I might use them throughout the message today, but if you were to take a look at this real quickly, like which one would you be most of the time? Maybe this, maybe this one right now during Christmas season. But think about it. We have different emotions that take place throughout our day. It goes up and down and we have different emotions that come our way that we normally wouldn't have if it wasn't for a certain situation or a certain person or maybe a past that we have. And maybe the things that we go through when it affects us in an emotional way, we don't think about what takes place after that. We don't think about the results of our actions or the consequences of our actions. 
But Christmas time, during this season, we find that our emotions are all over the place. And it's from day to day. In the series that we're in, we're calling it It's Christmas, that we're understanding that God gave us his one and only son because he loved us. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So God gave us emotions. He gave us a soul. He gave us a spirit. He gave us a heart. Then he gave us feelings so that we could feel. And he gave us his love so that we would understand who he is. God doesn't have love. God is love. He is the source of all love. So whatever our emotions look like, whatever we feel from day to day or from moment to moment, always come back to it's Christmas. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. In other words, whatever our emotions will be, it will be God's love that gets us to be upright again, to balance us out once again. When you came in, you were given your notes, or if you have the, the app, you can, you can take that out with us, and, and uh, it'll help you to follow along with where we'll be. And we've been in this series for a little bit. It's Christmas, and I'm hoping that for all of us, we have, uh, in our season that we're in, we have been uh, doing good with our shopping. I had to bring that up. I love this season, and I love the fact that we're here uh, during Christmas time, and, and for Heidi and I, we get to uh, not just buy each other gifts, but we get to be a part of buying other people gifts, and, and, and we do like receiving gifts. We do like that part. Nothing wrong with that. God has given us the free gift of eternal life, so it's okay with receiving gifts. And during the season of Christmas, if we think of all the mixed emotions that we go through, from, from, you know, excitement to like a low-grade depression, from laughter to sadness. This is probably one of the seasons that carries the most emotions to it. So the question is, how do we balance out our emotions during the holiday season? And how do we, how do we live a life that even though our emotions will be there, how do we get to a place where when God says joy to the world or uh, Happy is the person or blessed is the person. Like, how do, we even, how do we even deal with our emotions? Some of us deal with it in different ways. Some of us deal with it uh, in non, uh, non, how would I say it? It's not non-traditional ways. But I think we all deal with it in different ways. We deal with our anger differently. We deal with our frustrations differently. Uh, we, we, some of us punch the walls or we, we, we grumble under our breath. We do different things to deal with our emotions. And many people, you know, when we look at these, uh, we call these emojis. Uh, we think that these emojis uh, are a recent thing. But really, emojis didn't start, you know, when phones came out. It started way back in 1881. Now, it didn't look like this. It actually started out like this. It was actually in a, a, a magazine and they used different characters to make different uh, expressions, joy, melancholy, indifference, astonishment. So they would use the different, you know, typewriter characters to make these different looks. And then we would do that even with our computers. We would do the parentheses, the colon or semicolon, and we would, we would do those things. And then it evolved to these pictures, Emoji is a, is a Japanese word. It means image character or a, a picture letter. So it's, it's, it has nothing to do with emotions, that word emoji. 
So it's, it's kind of coincidental, it's a coincidence that it's emotions. I thought emoji was the Japanese word for emotions, but it's not. Yet that's what we express when we have these emojis. We express our emotions. The good news is that no matter what emotion we may have, whatever we may look like, however surprised we may be, and whatever we may be feeling, God understands. He understands when we go through our different emotions. Have you ever gotten so emotional that you, you talk to your dogs? Or you talk to your, your cat, your animals? You, you talk, like, I, I find myself doing that, and, and I catch myself because... I don't think they really understand what I'm saying when I come to them. I'm like, where's my shoes? Where's, where's my shoes? I always tell you, don't take my shoes. Where's my shoes? And they're like, <laughs> I'm thinking, they, they absolutely do not understand. They don't understand what I'm saying. And imagine if we did that to our spouses, to each other. We spoke like how we spoke to our animals. And they responded like our dogs would respond I mean, it would, it would be a great marriage, wouldn't it? Honey, I told you not to wash my clothes with this clothes or that clothes. Honey, I told you not to add this into that. Honey, I told you don't touch that. It was drying. It was, honey, why did you do that? Babe, I told you not to use those finances. That was for the Christmas gifts. Now what are we going to use? <laughs> like, uh, for some reason, our, our dogs just don't, they don't understand our emotions. Now they understand when they do something wrong, and we give them like a little putty, they understand that. Have you ever gotten so emotional that you spoke to inanimate objects, like fruit? Because I just did that last night. So I'm making a fruit smoothie, and we, we cut up watermelon, and then we freeze it, and then we break up the watermelon to put it in the smoothie. But it, it, for some reason, it melted a little, and then it hardened. So I'm trying to break the watermelon pieces so I, I get a couple out, I put it in the blender, and then I'm trying to break it, and I start, I start talking to fruit. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How can you, how can you freeze this hard? Like, how, how is it this difficult to, and I start banging it on the counter. But people are sleeping, so I don't want to make too much noise. And I'm thinking, how can, how can fruit harden this much? So as I'm talking to the fruit, I start thinking of my emotions. That you know your emotions are bad when you're talking to fruit, expecting a result, expecting a, a return. Have you ever spoken or had so many emotions and your emotions got the best of you that you speak to the air? That you do something, you stub your toe, and you're like, oh, come on. Like, who are we talking to? Or your emotions get the best of you. It's so bad between you and your spouse, that you mumble under your breath. Now, not enough for them to hear, but enough to feel like, yeah, told her. What did you say, honey? I said nothing. <laughs> but we say it under our breaths. Why? Because our emotions are there. It's like when our emotions come out or our emotions are, are getting the best of us, we have to do something with it. We have to say something. We have to punch something. We have to throw something. That's what happens when our emotions get the best of us. Now, how does, how does Christmas help us with our emotions? 
Because it almost seems like Christmas heightens our emotions. And it magnifies our emotions. Like our time is so tight, we don't even have time for our emotions. Have you ever been so emotional that you're not emotional? Like you did a full circle that you just start cracking up laughing. Like you get into an accident, you're like, oh, this no can. <laughs> hey, 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 can I get any worse? Oh, flat tire too. Wow, not that bad. Well, somebody stole my wallet. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, hey, what? Like we're so emotionally spent and gone that we're joyful again. It's like, what else can life throw at me? It's weird when our emotions are up and down, that we become emotional people. Have you ever been in a season of life where you have no idea why you're emotional? And then all of a sudden you just cry for no reason. Honey, what's wrong? Nothing. I just checked the mail. It's just, I don't know. It's just, is this all the bills? No, it's just junk mail. It's, I don't know, a lot of mail is coming in at one time. I don't know what it is. Well, honey, let me, let me know what it is. Yeah, I think it's you. I think it's, like we just go through emotions. But God made us that way. God gave us emotions. And there's a reason why he gave us emotions. I'm going to be in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. Because we, we're going to deal with emotions all the time. And in Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to read from verses 18 to 25. And, and watch the different things that may take place. And, and maybe you can probably even add your own emoji as I read the scriptures. Because this is when... We're hearing about the birth of Jesus Christ and Jesus' stepfather, Joseph, begins to realize that, wait a minute, this, this is not the ordinary way this is supposed to happen. This is something that is taking place that has never been heard of. In verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, or Yeshua. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. That the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus, or Yeshua, which is his, his name. We just translate it into Jesus. Now, think about this, the situ situation that Joseph was hearing this, that you're your soon-to-be wife is going to be pregnant. But it's, it's not going to be the ordinary way that you know of pregnancy. She's going to conceive by the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph had to go through his emotions. What man wouldn't go through his emotions? Like, wait a minute. Wait, well, so let me get this straight. We're going to have a child. 
But you're saying that this child is from God. Yes. How would you feel if your fiancé told you that? Now, there's prophetic words that will lead up to this, but at the moment, I'm sure Joseph was going through emotions, so much so that an angel of the Lord had to visit him. Like, there needed to be something else that Joseph caught in order for him to understand that this was a God thing. See, we can all thrive in our relationships, which is what happened with Joseph and Mary. They were able to thrive because they understood that emotions should never guide our decisions, nor should it guide our lives. They understood that it had to be God, even in the midst of troubling emotions. And so we can learn from this situation and this event that took place and how we can thrive in our relationships and, and in our personal lives, even though life can be emotional, by putting into practice the Word of God. And, and here's how we're going to do this. Let's look at three things. Here's the first thing. We have to realize and accept our situation, which is the hardest thing to do, to realize and accept the situations we are in, whatever situation it is. It could be a great situation. It could be a difficult situation. It could be the birth of a new child or the loss of a loved one. The emotions that we go through are so difficult. But realizing and accepting our situation is the first step. And it's a difficult step, but yet without that first step, we can't move forward. We're unable to. You know, I was a teenage father. For Heidi and I, we had our children as teenagers. Thanks be to God for, their, for Heidi's parents, her mom and dad, who took care of us, took care of our oldest son, and gave us a fighting hope. They introduced us to Jesus Christ. But during those early years, the 15, 16, 17, even 18 years old, those early years as a teenager, you feel like life is over. You feel like there are no more dreams, no more hopes. Like there's nothing else to live for. And so those emotions that Heidi and I were going through were so difficult but once we realized and accepted the situation, then we're able to follow the ways of God, to do something about it, and then continue with still making a life for ourselves and for our family. In other words, God gave us hope that life wasn't over because our emotions will tell us, you're done, it's, it's over, uh, there's no more hope. Our emotions will tell us, throw in the towel, give up. Our emotions will say, just go get revenge. Take it out on that person. Our emotions will begin to tell us what to do. But what we're understanding is that our emotions are the, are, are, is not what should, it shouldn't be our guidance. We're going to feel it, but it shouldn't be the ultimate guide. It'll help us to get to a decision, but it shouldn't be the final decision maker. Verse 20, when Joseph had considered this with what was happening with Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. In other words, he's, the angel of the Lord is reminding Joseph who he is and, and his family bloodline. Remember now, King David, he's talking about King David, had promises for his future generations. And he said, Joseph, son of David. In other words, don't forget who you are. Don't forget the promises of God. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
He's, the angel of the Lord is reminding Joseph that God still has plans for you. Don't give up because your emotions are telling you that. Don't give in because your emotions are telling you that. Don't run away from God because your emotions are telling you that. Don't do these things because your emotions are telling you that and, and stray away from God and, and settle for less than God's very best. The angel of the Lord is saying, Joseph, let me remind you of who you are and the purposes of God and the plans of God. That what you're feeling right now is not the end. You're going to feel that and that's okay. God gave you emotions, but don't let your emotions dictate where are you going to go from here. Follow the ways of God. Let God, thank you, Matthew. Let God be the one that guides you. Let God be the one that's going to help you move forward. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, when we let God lead us and empower us, even though our emotions get the best of us or we feel those moments, when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, everything changes and hope is once again given into our lives. And now we're able to gather our senses Move forward with the Holy Spirit. Move together with God. You know, one of the most beautiful stories of scriptures is that of the prodigal son. If you know that story in Luke chapter 15. That this, the prodigal son, the, the, the youth who left home, who got into some difficult times. He wasted his life in wild living. Took the inheritance early from his father and squandered his life and ended up in the pig pen. He ended up being with the pigs. Dr. J. Vernon McGee once, once asked this question in one of his programs. He said, do you know the difference between the son in that pig pen and the pig? The difference is that no pig has ever said to himself, I will arise and go to my father. No pig has ever said that in this story. The son said that. You know why? Because the son understood that he has a father whom he can go to. In the story of the prodigal son, sometimes we feel like the pig more than we do the prodigal son. And we feel like we belong in the pig pen. We belong with the, the slop and all the, the dirt and the, the, the muck and mire and all the, the mud that comes into our life. We think we belong there. We, we think we need to stay there. Because we made some mistakes and God says, no, no, you can remember who you are. That you're a child of the most high. Don't forget that I still have a plan and a purpose for your life. That's why with God there's no condemnation, no rejection by God to all of his children. And all of us as believers, even the prodigal ones, even the ones that stray from God, even the ones that, that have made mistakes in their life are his children, not his enemies. Even though we may be far from God, he brings us near. Let me read to you what took place in Luke 15, verses 14 through 19 with the prodigal son. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He, know, he, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, 
I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your servants. You know what the son did? He realized and accepted the situation that he was in. That he was far from home, far from his father. And he had nothing. In other words, the son realized he hit rock bottom. But he also accepted the situation that, wait a minute, I, I did this to my family, but, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to make things right. Like he came to his, sentence, his senses. He realized and accepted it so that he could do something about it. And he did. And if you want to read the rest of the story, you can do that in Luke chapter 15. But it ends up well for this prodigal son. Came home. The father put a robe on him. Killed the fattened calf. And they celebrated because the father said, my son who was once dead is now made alive. And it shows us the heart of God that when we return back to God, his love embraces us. In fact, the father ran to his son when he saw just a hint of his son coming over the hill. He ran to him. That's what God did with us, with sending us his son. It's like God coming to us. But unless we realize and accept our situation, how, how do we move forward? Here's the second thing. To reflect and receive instruction. That's what happened to Joseph and Mary. I mean, think about it. They had, to, they had to accept the situation that they were in. It's not the easiest situation. But they were able to reflect and receive instruction because they understood where they were at. They had questions. They asked God some questions. They prayed to him. So nothing wrong with that. Because God will give us instruction once we begin to reflect. You know when we receive communion as a church, part of communion is reflecting. It's examining ourselves. In other words, God is okay with us reflecting and thinking things through, pondering, processing. It's okay. But he says, when you reflect, I'm going to give you some instructions. Because I, I can see where you need to go from this point on. I'm going to give you some steps. So we ponder, we think, we process so that we can come to our senses, receive instructions, and then do something about it. The other week I was talking to my mom. Now she's on Oahu. I'm on my phone. And at my house, there's not, the reception isn't the, the best. So I have it on speakerphone. So I'm talking to my mom. And she asked me some great questions. She said, Sheldon, um, so grandma and I, we're talking about heaven. Because, you know, we're getting up in age. So we're wondering, like, when we go, like, do we go straight through? Or do we, like, have to go through, like, like tests and, like, God's going to, like, we got to wait for him. and do, Like, how does that work? So I said, no, no, Mom, the, the Bible says this. that, And then, like, if we're not waiting, then, like, what, what happens? Like, what, what are we doing? I said, well, the Bible tells us that when we accept Jesus as, yeah, but... Even if we're waiting, what is it like? I said, right. So when the Bible talks about, and how long do we wait? I said, well, okay. So here on earth, we understand time. So we wait. We understand time here, waiting. But what will we, we, are we wearing anything? Robes or like what kind of clothes do we have? Is it like earthly clothes? I said, well, it's going to be different. I know our bodies are going to be different. Well, but do we wait long? I said, okay, mom, wait. So what the Bible tells us is that and after 10 minutes of 
not even being able to answer questions because she keeps asking a question. I'm close to the phone. I'm like, Mom, let me just tell you what the process is like. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we get to go to heaven. It's a free gift. It's eternal life. It's not based on your good behavior. You have a new body. I don't know what kind of clothes we'll have. I don't think Gap or Levi jeans make it to heaven. I don't know if anybody makes clothes in heaven. I think God, he, 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 he clothes us. So I don't know what the clothes look like. Hello? Mom. Mom. Sheldon. Yeah, what's up? Okay, we got disconnected. Well, what did you say? I'm like, Mom, serious. When did we cut off? She goes, well, I, you didn't even, I didn't even hear you talking. I felt my emotions so bad. So I said, okay, Mom, I'm going to make it easy for you, very easy. Okay, can you speak up? I can't hear you. Okay, Mom, I'm going to make it very easy for you. So after I'm yelling at my phone and yelling at my mom, it's like the Lord said, hey, what, what emoji are you feeling right now? What, what emotion are you feeling right now? I was like, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling like we need the old phones that connect to the wall. That's what I feel right now. I feel like we're being ripped off. The $1,000 phone, I'm yelling at my mom about Jesus. It's like God had to, okay, calm down. Calm down. That was a 20-minute phone call. As I, when I'm done with my phone call, I'm like, why do I feel like this? I go, where's that emoji? Where's the angry emoji? Where's the red face emoji? Because that's, that's what I felt like. I'm like, why am I angry? I'm not angry at my mom. I'm not angry at, at the questions she was asking. You know what I was angry at? Technology. I was angry at technology. I was angry at the fact that this is supposed to improve our life. It's making my life worse. You ever felt like flying your phone? Some people are like, been there, done that. It's still in the river. Our, emotion, our emotions do that to us. We get frustrated so much that we don't even have time to reflect or receive instructions. I wonder if God put on us like a, um, like a red light when our emotions were getting out of hand. What would that be like? Like would we correct it on the spot? Would we even slow down and, and receive instruction from God? Actually, he kind of did that. He, he, he gave us blood in our face. He gave us veins in our eyes. That when we become so angry, our face turns red. We become, when we become angry, our face makes a, a certain look. Have you ever seen anyone so angry that they're smiling? No, they're mad. There's a, face, a facial expression to it. God put that there. It's like he's saying, okay, I want to let you know what's happening on the inside by showing you what your outside looks like. That's why between husband and wife or, or spouses or even our, our, our relationships, that when we make a certain face, people know what we're thinking and how we're feeling. Heidi calls it the face. Hey, baby, you want to go do this? Uh, can you take care of that? Can you do this? Oh, never mind, no need. I was like, no, no, I, I can go do it. No, 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 you don't have to. No, I'll, I'll go do it. 
You're asking. No, no, you're, you're okay. You don't have to. I, I didn't mean to bother you. No, you didn't even say anything. No, you made the face. <laughs> you making the face right now at my face. We wear it because God created us that way so that we can catch it, so that we can reflect and receive instructions. When we're emotional, we have a difficult time receiving instructions, even from the very one who has the best instructions. When Joseph was dealing with this emotion, this is what the angels said to him. This is Mary's husband-to-be speaking to Joseph in verse 21. The angel of the Lord says, you know, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. You know, whatever life brings to us and whatever we go through, once we realize and we receive instruction and we accept our situation, good or bad, as we reflect and receive, we got to remember where our instructions are coming from. And discern, wait, where am I getting these instructions from? Because our emotions will instruct us also. But when we reflect, we're not reflecting just on emotions. We're reflecting with the Lord. That's the difference. Because with our emotions, if we just reflect on our emotions and, and, and think and ponder with our emotions, we're st we will still come to an emotional decision. As we often say, let's not make permanent decisions based on passing emotions. Many of us make permanent decisions based on passing emotions. I had friends who got wasted because they're drinking only to put tattoos on their forehead and regret it later. Why? Because at that moment, they're like, hey, let's get tattoos, all of us. They made a permanent decision based on a passing emotion. When the angel of the Lord speaks to Joseph, the angel of, of the Lord has given him specific instructions. She's going to bear a son, and you're going to call him Jesus. Because he's going to save his people from their sins. His name, Yeshua, is his given name. Or Joshua, which means Savior. There was a, a specific reason why he was to be called the Savior. Because that's who he is. When we are able to reflect and receive instructions, just think about that phrase, the Savior. Whatever emotions we go through, he's able to save us from whatever it is our emotions are telling us to do or to say. He's able to save us. In Proverbs 24, verses 30 through 34, it's a wonderful scripture, a wonderful wise scripture that tells us how to deal with emotions. It says, I passed by the field of a sluggard and by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, I was it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles and its stone wall was broken down. When I saw, I reflected upon it. I looked and received instruction. And here's what the instruction was and what he reflected upon. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. Yeah, those instructions were not able to be received or the instructions are not, are not received unless we begin to reflect. Then we can receive instruction. 
See, we, we, have to, we have to be able to see the overgrown thistles and the nettles in our lives the, that, that covers the surfaces of our hearts, the stone walls of the defenses that are broken down in our lives where the enemy can attack us. You know, in agriculture, the thistle is, is, the, is the recognized sign of untidiness and neglect. That's what a, that's what a thistle is recognized as. And it's, it's being found not so much in barren ground. It's also found in good soil too. Even soil that is properly cared for. Nettles are known for its stinging leaves. In other words, when we're untidy, when there is neglect in our lives, there is, there is still hope because there is still good ground. It's, it's just not cared for. We've got to care for the ground that God gives to us and the foundation that he gives to us. And God brings that care into our souls. He's the one that does that. So if we don't let God master our emotions, our emotions begin to master our relationship with God. And then we begin to our, we, we let our emotions dictate the course of our life and maturity in the Lord. And because we don't, if we don't get our emotions to be in line with the things of God, then what we speak and how we treat people will begin to show everybody where our maturity is and where we are in our life. It's amazing how our emotions can do that. See, what we speak tells people how much we know what we speak. But our emotions tell people how mature we are. We can, we can let people know how much we know. We can tell them. We can talk. We can say the right things. We can even Google things and learn things. But our emotions are going to let people know how mature we are. Our emotions and maturity is shown even in our anger, our snide remarks, our jealousy, our slander. When it comes to our emotional maturity, even, even with social media, did you know that we are only as mature as what we post on social media? That, that, that's a, 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 it's kind of like a, a temperature, a thermometer of our maturity. But the content of what we post says if our maturity is good or not. Because sometimes we speak out of hurt or frustration rather than our future potential, which God sees. And depending on what we go through or how we feel, what we post or, or the season that we're in, all of those things will even show us where our maturity is at. And, and God will use that to give us kind of like a, here's where you are in life, but can you still reflect and receive instruction from me? Can you still, are you still able to come to me? Because many of us, we take our, our emotions to other people. We take our emotions to social media. We take our emotions out on the next person or the next relationship. We take our emotions on other people when we should be taking our emotions to the Lord. Because he knows how we work. He knows how we operate best because he's the one that gave us emotions in the first place. And he says, if you're going to process, don't process it with everybody else. Process it with me. You may have one person in your life, we call them lightning rods or a sounding board. Like we need those people. And it should be someone who loves God, who loves you, and if you're married, they'd also love your spouse. 
because they're going to ground it well. They're not going to tell everybody. They're not going to post it on social media and say, hey, so-and-so is going through this. They ground it, and they always point us back to Jesus Christ. Those are the kinds of people you want. So we've got to realize and accept our situation, reflect, receive instruction. And then the last thing for all of us, let's run the race God has given to us. Run the race that God has given to you. That, that is the best race for your life. God has given us a lane to run in, a, a race that is set before us. We can run because God gave us instruction. The question is this, and I want to ask all of us today. Has God given you instructions lately? Has God given you instructions today? Maybe God's already spoke some things and you're thinking, boy, I got I to gotta get better at this. Or, Lord, thank you for this. I, I needed that. But he knows exactly what we need to hear. And he knows exactly what we need to do. And just like Joseph and Mary, when the angel of the, of the Lord spoke to them and they received instruction, they acted upon it. In our marriages, what instruction has God given to us? Our family, our, our schedule, our temper, our finances, or even coming to church or forgiveness so that we can run the race that he set before us. Have you ever had a dream that felt so real that when you woke up, you still felt the emotion of it? I remember dreaming that someone gave me a lot of money. I put it in my pockets, woke up, checked my pockets. I was like, oh, man. What? I, I, I thought, like when I got up, I felt like I, I had a lot of money. You still have that feeling. It was one morning, Heidi and I were getting up, getting ready, and, and she was kind of, you know, iffy. I'm like, oh, okay, did I say something? What happened? I said, Heidi, you, you doing okay? She goes, no. I said, what, what happened? She goes, you, you're so mean to me in my dream. <laughs> I was like, what? In your dream? Oh, go back sleep and I'll say sorry. This, and then we made things right. I mean, it's just, it's just we get up. We still have those emotions because the chemicals in our body is still there. The angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. And when he wakes up, he is still filled with those emotions. But these, are, but these emotions are, are a result of the Lord. These emotions are healthy emotions. God will always cause us to have healthy emotions. God will always cause us to have healthy emotions so that we can run the race that he set before us. He gives us healthy emotions. When Joseph woke up in Matthew 1, 24 and 25, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. They acted upon what God asked of them. They ran the race that God set before them. They, they still could have complained. They st Joseph still could have called it off. He could have done anything he wanted to do. But God spoke to him and he acted upon it. And they ran their race, which we are so grateful for. Because we can still learn today. They realized their situation. They accepted it, reflected. They received instruction. And then they acted upon it. We can do the same thing, no matter how difficult it is, because they were going through some difficult things. But they were blessed, even though they were going through the difficulties, because they acted upon what God asked of them. They ran their race. Let's look at Mary's response. And it's in the book of Luke. So if you just turn over Matthew, Mark, and then the book of Luke, 
Luke chapter 1. This is, this is what Mary is going through. Now, she's going through some emotions too. It's not, you know, it's not uncommon that when God speaks to us, we're going to have to deal with our emotions at the same time. So I'll read from verse 26. This is when the angel of the Lord is now giving Mary her instruction. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnant, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Let's not forget that. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary asks the question because this is an emotional thing. She asked the question, well, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And here's was, this was Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let your word to me be fulfilled. That's my prayer for all of us today. That when God speaks instruction to us. And to understand that God has given us his favor. That's, that's the whole point of Jesus coming. That God shows us his favor. That everything that God speaks into your life. Into my life. Everything that he has said. The potential that he sees. The promises that he has. Would be fulfilled. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says this. And I'm going to call Jamie to the keyboard. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Whatever season of emotion we're in, whatever emotions we go through, whatever we may look like, good days, bad days, some crazy days, some even, even times of laughter, whatever we go through, let's run the race that God has set before us. It's, it's purposeful. Let God do some amazing things. And no matter what is happening, let's get back to him. Realize 
okay, this is my situation. I got to accept that so that I can move to that next part that I can reflect now and I can receive instruction from you, God. But if I'm stuck on step one, I can't take that next step. So God, help me in this situation. We're going to pray for that today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord God, I, I do understand that for all of us, we're, we're at different places in life. We have different backgrounds and, and even potential that you've given to us. So today, Lord, can you help us with whatever situations we face, whether we're in good times or not so good times. Sometimes our emotions flood us like a hurricane and we feel like we're drowning. But once we realize and accept the situation, then we can reflect and receive instruction from you because you give us healthy emotions. You're able to help us process well. And now we can run the race that you set before us. So I pray for all of us, Lord, that we'll be able to run with endurance because you've given us a healthy life. Oh, we'll still deal with emotions. We'll still feel these things. But, Lord, we have a way to process well, and it's with you. For some of you here today, maybe you're thinking, boy, I, I go through emotions all the time, but I, I didn't know that I could process it with the Lord. I didn't, I don't, because I don't, I don't know Jesus yet. I've never given him my life. I, I hear about him. I've been checking things out, but I've never given him my life. And I want to do that today because he's been tugging at my heart. I have just, I, I never took that step. And if you're here today and you're saying, I, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I want to, I want to exchange my life, the life that I know of for the life that he has promised me that eternal life. And if that's you today, I want to pray with you. I'm going to say a prayer, and as you repeat after me, because I just want to lead you, but you include your heart. As you repeat these words after me, know that God hears your prayer. We can all say this prayer, even if we've said it before. It's such a reminder to us as believers that God can help us even through the most difficult emotions. And here's our prayer. You can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave. I give you my life in exchange for yours. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. And with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the first time, I, I want to pray over you. Could you just lift a hand real briefly? And you're just acknowledging to you that I said that prayer. And you're letting your flesh know that your spirit is winning. Go ahead. Just lift your hand real briefly. And, and God will see it. He, he already heard your prayer. You're just speaking that to you so that you know. Okay. God sees your hand. Anybody else? You're saying yes to Jesus. It's an eternal decision. Okay, God sees you too. Okay, you too, you too, back there. Okay. You can put your hands down. Lord, I do pray for these that said yes to you. I pray that every day would be a new day with you, that they build their relationship with you because this is not a religion. It's a relationship with you. And I pray for all of us, even as believers, that we never forget what you've done for us. That during the season of Christmas, we'll see all the decorations, the trees, the lights. And it's such a reminder of the fact that we celebrate the birth of Jesus.
So point us to you. Keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you for helping us process through some. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. We all said together, amen.